more passion, more passion, more passion, more energy, more energy, more footwork, more footwork. And yeah, two games in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Dave. Download Dave today at Dave.com slash LockedOnNBA. You could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So, two games on. Quite a bit to dissect. Won't be as long as yesterday's big fella of a show. We've got stuff to talk about though. So we'll get straight into a little bit of news across the NBA because we are, this is it. We're, it's the daily recap for Thursday, October the 26th in the NBA. What's the news? Well, I'll tell you the news. Devin Booker has a foot sprain. So he was questionable heading into the game on Tuesday. He played through it and then did something to his foot. He isn't didn't play today, Thursday's game. He's also going to miss Sunday's game. So he might be able to return unless the MRI shows something nefarious on Tuesday. Not great, yeah? Not a great start. We hope everything's okay, but that's two games missed for Booker coming up now. Beal, of course, has missed the two games already, and we'll see where he goes moving forward. We also got somewhat of an update on Jared Vanderbilt Bar. In terms of his heel bursitis, they said, well, it's early in the season. We're going to make sure we take this quite cautious. And then uh, Jeff Stotts at In Street Clothes tweeted out today that in his database of injuries and heel bursitis, that quite often those players, when they come back, have a recurrence of the injury. So I guess taking it slow makes sense. I'm going to say Vanderbilt's not going to play this week, which, of course, helps the minutes there of someone like Torian Prince. We'll talk about the Lakers later on. Terrence Mann is in a walking boot. He has already been ruled out for tomorrow's game. You would think that that puts him out for the rest of the week at least. So Bob Covington's stream lives on. And then Nick Claxton is also out for tomorrow. I did discuss that earlier on the Daily Look Ahead streaming show, talking about the value in a Dayron Sharp for one game at least. I don't know how long Claxton's going to be out. The problem is the Nets have got a stinking schedule. There's 11 games on Friday, so maybe you'd use him. But then they don't play Saturday, Sunday, and they play again Monday, which is a relatively large schedule as well. So if you add Sharp, make sure you actually do use him. He can be like a top 100 player in those games, but does it make sense to add someone when you don't actually get a plus one games advantage and then you have to sit on an empty roster spot for two days? You can debate it, right? That, that's possible, but it's not for everybody. So just pay attention to that with Claxton out. We don't know how serious this is. He did return to the game, so we're going to assume it's not particularly serious, but that, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't always, unfortunately. Um, it doesn't always work that way, does it? Let's look at the fantasy basketball waiver wire, the trends over the last twenty-four hours. What has happened there? Well, that's a great question. Let's check it out. The most added players over the last twenty-four hours. A lot of the names you'd expect. Cam Thomas, sixty-six percent increase. A lot of people bought into the forty-five percent usage and seventy percent shooting. 
Of course, you shouldn't buy into that, but his role as a scorer will be strong. He will have a good usage. He just is going to be incredibly up or down. And I think if you looked at the second half of that game against the Cavs in isolation, we wouldn't be looking at 66% rosterability or an increase in roster rate. We wouldn't. We saw what he did in the first half. That was great. And then Jacques Vaughn went, nah, we're not going to play in the second half, which is a little red flaggy, but adding him is okay. The second guy is Max Struess, up 65%. And I can guarantee you, when I look at these numbers tomorrow, one of the highest ads is going to be Cali Oubre because this is the thing. If you have a night where you score a lot of points, everyone quickly takes their hands out of their pockets and puts them into the pocket down the fly. Really gets excited about it because that's what people love. Man, look at the scoring. Ignoring some of the fact that it comes on 70%, 80%, 60% shooting, and we'll talk about Ubre later on. But yeah, is it possible that Thomas, Struess, and Ubre all just dropped their best performance of the year in game one? I, I, I would think it's really possible. But as soon as we see a big scoring number, it's an immediate grab. Even if there's absolutely no way of it even maintaining within 75% of that number. Doesn't matter. They're fine. Jalen Johnson's a much better ad. 49% up. Cool. He should be grabbed everywhere. Torian Prince up 29% and Josh Kogi up 22%. That is more in line for streaming today, I hope. I don't think there's long-term value in those guys, but streaming today is no worries. And then the last one, Contavious Caldwell-Pope up 12%. He was very, very good opening night. I still think that I would rather use somebody else in that roster spot than him, but I'm not going to completely um, you dismiss the, the chance of him being useful there. We have seen KCP play for years and years and years and not really be a... Um, Per, you know, consistent top 100-ish sort of a player. So, yeah, it was great. Whether it sticks or not, don't know. What about the top drops over the last 24 hours? Who were those guys? Well, the most dropped player was Talon Horton Tucker down 21%. Totally reasonable. Took people one game to go, yeah, shit house. But, interestingly enough, Every time I talk Taylor Horton Tucker, man, why do you hate the guy so much? Can't go without criticizing him. It's more just to provide perspective. When I say that I'm drafting him and that I'm adding him, it's for the short term because I don't think he's good enough to hold the job. Now, I've got him in like three of my eight leagues and I haven't dropped him yet. But I'm real bloody close. I'm real close. And I grabbed Keontae George wherever I could just because I don't think it's going to be that long. I don't think it's going to be straight away and Horton Tucker could very easily bounce back. And the fact that he's got a starting job Gives you an ability, I think, to wait one or two. Jaden Ivey down 21%. I'm actually okay with that. Is he going to come in and take the job off Killian Hayes when he didn't play well? And then you've got Bogdanovich to return and Monte Morris to return. I would say that's relatively unlikely. And then again, what is his absolute best case scenario if he did do that? 120th? 110th? If you wanted to move on from Ivey to grab Jalen Johnson, go for it. Fan of pants down 15%. Obvious to me, would never have drafted him. Colin Sexton down 15%, worth drafting, but was bad and might be better. But we knew that it was a complete mess in that backcourt and things would have to shake out and they shook out, not in Sexo's favor. Amen Thompson down 15%. It's a weird one to me because why would you draft a man? Um, why would he be on your team? Like, were you expecting 30 minutes night one? Because if you were, I, I, I think you were listening to the wrong advice. Nobody expected that. We were saying, well, maybe he gets 21, 22, he's okay. And then he pushes into larger minutes in a month or six weeks. So to draft him and then drop him after one night, uh, something's wrong with that sort of a, approach. So my advice to you would be that if you drafted him, you should have expected this. We knew that it would be bad. 
and it will be low minutes early on, but you've got to have an ability to wait on it. Don't really get it. But but again, maybe that's being unfair. Because if you did draft him in and you had that patience, and then you see Jalen Johnson or Xavier Tillman or um, who's the other one? Derek Lively sitting on the waiver. I don't know why, honestly, any of those guys would be um, on the waiver. But if they are, then dropping them in for those guys makes total sense. So uh, probably a bit unfair early on there. And the other one's Christian Wood. Again, like those last four that were dropped, totally understandable. In fact, five of those guys, I think he's totally understandable to have dropped them. The Amen one, I just gave my thoughts on that. But Christian Wood does not need to be, didn't need to be rostered, I don't think. Dropping him after game one makes sense. I'm actually recording this, starting to record this before the Lakers game finishes. So I'll tell you what happened to him later on. And maybe the idea of dropping Wood is silly. But I'll go out on a limb with a bit of predictive power and say that he probably didn't perform too well. We will find out. Maybe that's going to look silly a little bit later on in the show. Today's episode is brought to you by the big fellas over at Dave. Finances can be so intimidating. That's why you need Dave. Dave can make managing your money so much easy, easier actually with an interest-free extra cash advance. Good old Dave. Free, fee-free gold tracking Easy ways to find a side hustle to make more money. It's all there. Dave is the banking app that levels the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check and no late fees. You could even build your credit when you settle up on time. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to make their finances easier. So if you're in a pinch, get the help you need by downloading Dave. Download Dave today at dave.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's dave.com slash LockedOnNBA. You could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check and no late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash LockedOnNBA. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve member FDIC. Today's episode is also brought to you by Jace Medical. We've got Dave and Jace. Where's, uh, where's Jono and Bluey? They're all, that's what's coming up next. Dave-o, Jace-o. All right, but on to serious points. The Jace case. Five life-saving antibiotics that you can have in your house for emergency treatment because there's so many un- well, things that we're just unsure about in the world or troubling things like earthquakes and fires, climate change, floods, um, hurricanes, whatever it is. It seems to be happening with increasing regularity. And sometimes that means a couple of things. Disruption to the drug supply chain or B, you- reducing your ability to get medical care when you need it urgently for the life and death, death situations of you and your family. Jace, Medical and the Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics. You can also customize that as well for the specific and unique needs of your family and their medical conditions so that when you have something that requires immediate attention, you've got those antibiotics at home. Really, really easy and straightforward and hopefully you never have to use it. Go to jacemedical.com and enter the code Locked On at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. The promo code is Locked On at jasemedical.com. All right, so I guess I guess that's done. Let's let's go into the games. That's a pretty good idea. First game, the Philadelphia 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks. Weird game, final score, I don't really think tells anything close to what the story of the game was, to be honest, because we saw the Bucks go up big, the Sixers fly home, the Bucks kick away again and the Sixers bring it back to be a uh, one-point margin in the end. On the Sixers side, well, Milwaukee wins 118-117. Let's talk about the couple of big elephants in the room. Old mate lying legend, Nicholas Nurse. 
How many times did this bloke spout Paul Reed's name in the offseason? Yeah, no, we're definitely going to play him next to Embiid. Yeah, I've been working with Paul a lot. We're really working on his shooting. Nah, mate, we're really encouraging Paul Reed to let it fly. Yeah, man, I'm really excited to work with Paul Reed. Um, cool. 11 minutes 30, strictly as the backup to Embiid. And the insane minutes from Nurse continued for everybody else. So while I don't know how this is going to play out, this is obviously entirely discouraging. And this was a game where PJ Tucker went scoreless and had, what, five fouls in his 26 minutes, and we still never got Reed and Embiid together. So the reason that we looked at, the reason why I said I don't really like you taking Reed in round nine or 10, it's a late round flyer, because if it does happen, we will be really liking it. And it didn't happen. And part of the problem here is I can see some of you screaming and ready to type, bah, 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 type in response, Josh, you can't trust what a coach says in preseason. Okay, but it's very hard to pick and choose because Nick Nurse said, you know you know what? We're going to pump more minutes into Joel Embiid. And you go, that sounds like a fucking stupid idea. What are you talking about? Well, Embiid played 30, almost 37 minutes. So he did that one. And you can say, well, Nick Nurse always does that. Yeah, he does. And he also likes versatile 6'9 power forwards who can play center, who defend really well, like Paul Reed. He has shown an, an affinity for those sort of players. The whole team in Toronto was that player. All right? So... We use all of that information. One of them's a bold-faced lie, and one of them is entirely accurate. Which one? How do you pick and choose which one to believe in? That's part of the issue, and that's why we go, well, I don't know that it's going to happen. And it does require Reed being more than the backup for Embiid for this to work out. And we take a flyer, and it didn't work. So if you want to jack him off, jack him off. Does this mean that he's going to be entirely as the backup all season? No, but it bloody increases the chances that's going to be the case. And it's frustrating, of course. But I think there are a couple of things in this game that aren't necessarily going to be the thing. Because Harden was out, so we don't know what that impacts with things. But the other thing we saw happen that was a bit interesting, and I'll talk about the main players in a sec, but minimum contract legend Kelly Oubre played 32 minutes off the bench. He had 27-4 and four with five threes. And again, on the surface, people will look at this and he will be picked up everywhere. And if you don't want to miss out on the sexiest man in the world, go and add him. But let me tell you a couple of little interesting statistical things about Kelly Oubre. He shot 82%. Is that going to happen? No. And the reason that he played 32 minutes, I would guess, he played 32 minutes while D'Anthony Melton played under 25, was that he couldn't miss. But it's the same Kelly Oubre that it always is. Bad defense, poor decision-making, zero assists. He just got unbelievably red hot, couldn't miss, and it turned into big numbers and more playing time. If he goes out, instead of shooting 9 of 11, he shoots 4 of 11, he probably plays 22 minutes, and nobody gives a shit. So while we can add him, this is almost 100% the best game he will have this season. He won't be an 82% shooter. He probably won't play 32 minutes a night. They were closing with him over Melton. Now, Melton wasn't particularly good. Scoreless in 26 minutes, and we'll talk about that in a sec. But just don't get overexcited about Oubre here. This is not, well, Kelly Oubre is going to do this because Harden's out. He got the extra minutes, I believe, because A, Melton struggled, B, Oubre was red hot, and then the numbers came because it's in typical Oubre fashion, scoring with nothing else. 40 minutes from Tyrese Maxey. I hadn't projected it like 37, so I missed that by three somehow. 31, four and eight, two steals, three threes. If you've got any ability to sell high, you might consider it but it would have to be top 20 sell high 
because I don't know if Harden returns, but if, I, if Harden does return, he won't take 22 shots and he won't have eight assists. I feel confident in saying those two things. But then if Harden is traded later on, then maybe he does. That's why you would only sell absolute top-level peak. But it's never going to happen. Um, so he was good. The Thick Hogsman. Someone asks in the pregame show, hey, do I drop Tobias Harris? Like, no, you don't. Harris, again, gets lost when he's the fourth offensive option. He's the third here, 20 and 7 in 37 minutes. While Embiid had 24, 7 and 6, not his best game. In fact, Embiid was only 3 of 8 from the line, which hurts a lot. Guess you've got to punt free throws with Embiid. You don't. I'm joking, please. And 43 from the line. But don't panic about that. As for Melton, 10 points, 4 assists, 2 steals, 30% shooting for DeAnthony. Uh, uh, sorry, the numbers I gave before for 0 points was for PJ Tucker, my mistake. He had uh, 10, 2 and 4 in 25 minutes for Melton. Um, obviously, we hold. The 25 minutes was the worry that I had if Harden is there. And basically, Ubre just took on the Harden minutes in this game, meaning that Melton playing 30 a night is very, very, very far from guaranteed. We don't drop him at all, but it's very far from guaranteed. What else happened on this 6-16? Jaden Springer came in. He had two blocks in five minutes and somehow was a minus 10, never returned. And somehow Danny Green played in the rotation. Green and, and Beverly playing the... Uh, all the piss-poor benchmen. It's basically a six-man rotation with a little bit of extra stuff fluff thrown in for others. For the Bucks, let's talk the good things. Lillard played 37 minutes. Great. 39-8-4 and four with four threes. Took over late and 17 of 17 from the line is amazing. Yanni, 35 minutes. Now, his three of nine from the line stinks, but as you're well aware, it doesn't matter. You know this when you draft him. But what is massively encouraging is he went 23-13 and 13 and had two steals and two blocks. Now, he's only 46 from the field. We definitely need that to jump up, but 40 usage for Giannis? Interesting. Bobby Portis. You'll notice he played only as the backup to Brook Lopez. 29 minutes for Lopez, 19 for Portis. This is why I've been a little critical of Bobby going in round nine. It's like I don't see the path unless there are injuries. He had 10 and 6. They're not bad numbers, but only a backup center. Well, Lopez had no blocks and 13 points with three threes. Beasley got 31 minutes as a starter, had five points with two steals. Um, you're only using him as a three streamer. And Jay Crowder, 27 minutes for Jay, Gennaro Gattuso, says that maybe sometimes he's good and sometimes he's shit. Well, let's say maybe he was in the middle here. Nine, four, and two with two steals for Jay. Don't overreact. But should we overreact to uh, Chris Middleton? They said he was going to be on somewhat of a minutes limit, but he played 16 minutes and then just didn't come back until, well, he didn't come back at all. I think he came out midway through the third, then never returned. I hope, and I'm going to go double check to see if there's any news on it. As I'm recording this, I can't see anything. Um, no flare-up, I'm hoping. It's weird. He had 6-3-4. and four. His numbers were actually okay, and two steals. Just didn't play. Hold, just hold, hold, hold. Uh, Beauchamp was in the rotation, didn't do much, and Connaughton had seven points in 20 minutes. Campaign only the nine minutes with Lillard playing 37. So if you invested in Lillard in round one, you'd be pretty happy. If you invested in Giannis in round one, I think you'd be pretty happy. If you took a pick on Brook Lopez in the 80s or 90s, okay. We all sort of understood he wouldn't be the same as last season, but we're not completely ruling that out. And with Middleton, you're a bit worried, but you shouldn't be too worried. He's not going to play 16 minutes a night here as we... um. As we move forward, today's episode is also brought to you by PrizePix, the largest independently owned DFS platform in North America. It's the easiest and obviously the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against numbers. They put the projections up and you just look at it and go, um, more or less. 
no salary caps, and no putting lineups in against professionals with thousands of spreadsheets. You, projections, more, less. Four things. We can all figure that out. It is so easy to do. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds and quick withdrawal, easy gameplay, and enormous selection of players and stat types is what makes PrizePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to pricepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepix.com slash LockedOnNBA. The code is also LockedOnNBA, and you get that first deposit match up to $100. Let's get into the final game, the second game of the day. The Lakers get the victory over the Suns. Not a huge surprise given the absences there in Phoenix. 100 to 95. We'll start with the Phoenix side. There was no Devin Booker and there was no Bradley Beal. So it was Eric Gordon that got the call up. He played 30 minutes. The shots just aren't falling for Gordon, but he took 16 of them. So that's interesting. Um, Look, we're not going to use him when players are healthy. We're pretty confident of that. But he did have 16 shots, 15 points, 30 minutes. Very empty otherwise. Grayson Allen played 35 minutes and had six points. Now, six rebounds and four assists are okay. It's not a dreadful, dreadful night, but we're not using him. The other one we wanted to watch was Jordan Goodwin, and he played a lot, 30 minutes. He is a guy that can generate really interesting fantasy stats, 14, 6, and 2 with two steals. The problem being that he shot 40 from the field and one of three from the line. But as long as Booker and Beal are out, and Booker is out at least one more, and maybe Beal's out one more, Goodwin is going to be usable on Saturday with a low volume of games. Same with Okogi, who I don't think maintains 12-team value long-term, but if those guys are out, he's going to have to do more. 10 and 8 with two threes, three assists, and a block is not fantastic, but it's usable. Well, I better talk about Durant. They needed 39 minutes from Durant. 39 and 11, a triple one. Not that great from the line, but he got there a lot, 77%. And overall, not much else going on. Watanabe was not able to continue his um, good game from the last time out. Nasir Little played 13 minutes, and Eubanks struggled 2-4 and 2. For the Lakers, some changes in their rotation. Let's start with the big fella himself, LeBron James, who's on a 30-minute limit. Of course, that means he ended in 35, playing 35 minutes and played the final, I think, 15 minutes of the game. So I guess that minutes limit was dead. Cool. What does that mean? 21-8-9, two steals, two blocks. He was actually fantastic down the stretch. While AD played 39 minutes and had 30-13, and 13, three steals, three blocks, 59 from the field and 9 of 10 from the line. We know that uh, Davis was fairly heavily criticized in the second half of that game against Denver, but he was really strong here. And it was another solidish outing from D'Angelo Russell. 14, 4, and 5, two steals and a block. Now, he didn't shoot well, but he's getting a lot of minutes, and that meant that it wasn't as good for old mate Austin Reeves. Taylor Swift's ex had 10 points in 28 minutes and ceded minutes to Gabe Vincent. It wasn't that he, sh- he was horrible in terms of shooting, 57%. He just wasn't playing very well, and he had a really poor plus-minus, and I think that that led to um, Darvin Ham going away, minus 11 for Reeves. That meant Vincent played 35 minutes, which is more than D'Lo. Last game, it was like 36 D'Lo, 35 D'Lo, and 22 Vincent. So a big change up here. Now, he only had seven points on 30% shooting, but six assists and three steals. We sort of wanted to see what would happen with Vincent and Russell, how would the minutes go. I've... Gabe Vincent's playing 35 minutes. We have to be somewhat interested. We're not. Yeah, like he did it here. I'm not rushing to add him, but he's at least a little bit on the radar. And you know what? I'm a... a well, let's, we'll talk about that in a sec. Because Torian Prince, who I told you wouldn't shoot 75%, was... Honestly, you couldn't have had a worse game, I reckon. Zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists, zero or five from the field. It was almost a toned snell, but he added in a steal. I did add him in an industry pickup. I benefited in game one, and he shit the bed in game two. 
I will possibly hold him for Saturday, but no guarantees there. I might end up dropping him. But this is the thing with Prince, right? We know who he is. We know he wasn't going to be that good of a player. And I'm pretty sure, you have to jog my memory on this, but when we talked about the recap from Tuesday, I looked at his line and said, well, if he goes and shoots 45%, what's the point of this line? It's not that good. And yeah, obviously didn't work out. Shots didn't fall. They benched him. And that meant that we got to display our veneration for the man of the holy timber, the crucifix, Christian Wood. Now, I have been, I don't know, somewhat somewhat critical of him at times, I guess. He was actually pretty good in this game. Now, he didn't shoot well at all, 29%, but his rebounding was very important. And unlike game one, he played alongside Anthony Davis. 21 minutes, 7 points, and 10 rebounds, and played down the closing stretch. Now, I honestly don't think we add him here. Jared Vanderbilt is out, and he's going to remain out. 22 minutes, 7 and 10 is not enough for me to say that's a must-add situation. But what it does do is that for Saturday, with the seven games, I think it's on Saturday. Oh, sorry, so Sunday with six games, and the Lakers play there. Like, if you want to, if you want to get your hands on some wood... I don't think that that would be the worst. Now, there's probably going to be better streaming options out there than the big fella, but this was much improved versus the first one. Also, um, playoff legend Nikola Jokic, stopper, definite starter. What a legend. What a steal they got him for. Rui Hachimura had uh, seven points in 12 minutes because, again, he continues to at least prove me right in a day where I didn't get a huge thing and everything right today. Um, but um, continue to be right that Rui's not good. Seven points for him in 12 minutes. Cam Reddish also struggled quite a bit. He played just the 12 minutes for a minus 12. Pretty tough to do that. And still think that he's going to lose that job to Max Christie because Cam Reddish is bad. And Max Christie, I think, is going to be good. But we just have to wait for that to happen because we're not there yet pretty clearly, unfortunately. So... That brings us through to look at our streams of the day from um, from what is it? yeah the show yesterday. So let's eat some humble pie because most of it was shit house. My stream of the day was Paul Reed and it did not work in the slightest. Three, four, and two with a block. But to be fair, in twelve minutes, having three, four, and two with a block actually illustrates why I was interested in him as the stream. I just thought we might get 21 minutes out of him. Because if he gets 21 minutes and we add, let's you know, add 50% onto that, that's like five points, six rebounds, three, three assists and two blocks, which is not dreadful and it's a pretty well-rounded line. So we did all this in those minutes, but he just never got the minutes. So again, it's a huge L. It's a massive L. Didn't work out. My 16-team league streamer was Malik Beasley. He played a lot of minutes, so that worked. The process was good on that. Didn't really do much, did he? Five points, four rebounds, three assists, and two steals. Not dreadful. You probably could have found better in a 16-teamer, but I banged this one out. The 12-team point stream was Kelly Oubre. Yeah, let's go. 27 points, four rebounds. Didn't barely miss at all. 82% shooting. Had a steal. Great. Love it. You can hold and stream if you like. He's just, much like we saw, the perfect illustration. We saw what happened to Torian Prince today. We saw it happen. And you you can't expect that level of shooting to have any ability to stick. It just won't. And we'll see what that means for uh, for Ubre's scoring line, his playing time, and his usage. Because it does, despite what common sense sometimes might suggest to us, that stuff does have a really really big impact on uh, on how much these coaches play these players. So now let's go through 
give out the monstrous line of the night. It was relatively tightly contested, but in the end, we're going to go with Anthony Davis. 20, or actually 30 points. I don't know what it says, 28. 28, 38 point, 30 points, 13 rebounds. He had three blocks as well, also three steals. A huge night there for Anthony Davis. The waiver wire line of the night. Um, I don't really think there's going to be too much of a surprise with this one as well. But, you know, we've got, we'll reveal it with all the mystery that we need. The waiver wire line of the night is Kelly Oubre Jr. 27 points, four rebounds, 82 percent shooting for Ubre. He was fantastic. The the young gun of the night, not huge amounts of options. In a two-game slate, there weren't very many young players who performed or really did anything, but we are giving the young gun of the night to Jordan Goodwin in year two. 14 points, six rebounds, and two steals, despite some uh, relatively poor shooting. And then lastly, we go into the dud of the night, and yes, 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 it's him. We are going to give the dud of the night to the one and only, the B-ball Paul, Paul Reed, who had three points, four rebounds, and two assists because his roster percentage shot up in our advanced roster percentage metric over on Basketball Monster to like over the 50% cutoff, oh, sorry, the 80% cutoff that I used. He was up at like 81, and he stunk. Simple as that. Can't get around it. He was bad, and yeah, as I said earlier, I think he's, uh, he's probably droppable given what we saw. That would depend who you had, but I'd say that you can feel okay uh, about moving on there in most situations. So now we go in to the top six players in category leagues, in points leagues, and the top six players available on a lot of waiver wires. We'll go in and, uh, and do those ones now. All right, so the top six players in category leagues for today, Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, LeBron James, Kelly Oubre Jr., Tyrese Maxey and Kevin Durant. Your top six players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Ubre first, obviously, we've gone into him uh, pretty good depth. That's what she said. Josh Kogi worth a stream for Saturday if those guys remain out, which I think they will. Jay Crowder, I'm not really buying into anything there. Gabe Vincent, the minutes are very interesting. And if he doesn't shoot 30%, it would have looked a lot better. So I'm really, am, I am keeping an eye on that. He might be a 12-team stream for Sunday. Uh, Malik Beasley, like if you need three, sure. And then Grayson Allen, he sneaks in here, but... Nothing all that exciting, was it? It was all right, but it wasn't great. And then lastly, your top six players for points leagues for Thursday. Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Tyrese Maxey, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And that, everybody, will do it for me today. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.